Hey, uh, we are uh, starting uh, a brand new series today, together uh, today called Simply Irresistible, which is really about uh, eight core values that we hold together as a church, uh, eight things that make this place this place, and we believe a place that is in some ways irresistible, that God is just drawing people here. People are willing to navigate dirt parking lots and, and deal with pulling in with the police, and it's just... You know, what is that? And you just need to hear that your staff sits together on Tuesdays and we say out loud to each other all the time, guys, we know this isn't us, uh, that God is doing something here that's bigger than us, better than all of us. And it's just fun to be around and watch kind of the move of God that is happening in this place. And so we're just going to spend about the next uh, seven, eight weeks together talking about what do we think it is that makes this place kind of unique? Why is it that God has chosen to maybe do something here that's different than he does sometimes in other places? What is it that has pleased the heart of God here? And the reason we're going to talk about that together is simply so that we can keep our hearts on course and hopefully keep doing some of the things, maybe do them better uh, in the future, especially as you think about us moving into a brand new building and getting ready to maybe do what's going to be the next chapter uh, in our journey together. So today we're going to talk about this thing called risk, which I believe may be one of the things that sets this place as different than maybe a lot of other places that you've been before. This willingness to say, look, if, if we think God has said it, if we believe that God has asked it, then we would rather risk and fail than to not do it at all. And, and we, we are more than willing to look silly and undignified and even absurd trying to do what we believe God has asked us to do, even if that means that in the end we stumble. We would rather do that than to retract and to stay in a place of comfort and a place of safety. I believe that risk is actually a spiritual value. I think Scripture talks over and over and over again that God is delighted when His children are willing to risk everything to do something for Him. So let's just pray. We'll talk about this today a little bit together. Dear Heavenly Father, we, uh, we just come to this moment. God, I thank You for a church that was born in risk. And, and that from that very first day until this moment in which we stand together right now has, as best we know, come to the plate and said, Jesus, there is nothing that you can ask that we would not willingly do, no matter what the risk. We would rather fail trying than to not try at all. God, would you speak to our hearts today? Would you maybe even change some of us today? And this we say in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hey, if you have your Bibles, if you'll go with me, I want us to take a look at a moment in scripture when I think risk was played out big time. It's Matthew chapter 14. And it's a moment in which one disciple steps up and does something amazing while the other 11 sit absolutely paralyzed in fear and decide that comfort is more important than answering the call of God. And yet, in that moment, this one disciple shows us some amazing, amazing lessons about what Jesus loves about us when we're willing to risk with him. So it's Matthew chapter 14. Some of you will be really familiar with this story. Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. What's happened just before this, Jesus has just fed the 5,000. He's now sending his disciples ahead of him um, on the Sea of Galilee or the lake, and he is now going to come join them. Here's what it says. Immediately, Jesus made 
the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side. And while he dismissed the crowd, after he had dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was there alone. Verse 24. But the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against them. Now, here's what you need to take into account. You've got fishermen who are the disciples of Christ. And if they're saying to you and I, hey, and the boat was buffeted, they are telling you that it was not a good evening uh, to be out on the lake. Verse 25, during the fourth watch, which simply means somewhere between three in the morning and six in the morning, during the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, Tell me to come to you on the water. Come, Jesus said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. Now guys, you got to get that something just remarkable happened. Peter walks on water. And I, 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 I know what's going to happen next. You know what's going to happen next. But don't blow by the moment. Peter just walked on water. Now, I don't know how many steps. You don't know how many steps he walked on water. I don't know if it was three. I don't know if it was five. I don't know if it was seven. I don't know. Peter just walked on water. It's an amazing, remarkable, incredible moment that only happens, you ready? Because Peter was willing to get out of the boat. You don't walk on water in the boat. Now here's the deal. I think we nail Peter. You guys have all said in sermons where pastors have talked about this moment, and it's all about Peter and the lack of faith and the fact that he's going to slip under the waves in just a minute. But guys, 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 Peter... Just walked on water. Let's talk about the other 11 guys who are sitting in the boat. Let's let's talk. You ready for this? Let's talk about the boat potatoes. Okay? Let's, Let's talk about the guys that when they watched Peter stepping over that rail were going, Dude, you're an idiot. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Peter, Peter, you are not equipped to walk on water. There's no way. There's no way. See, here's the thing. Jesus may be able to walk on water, but Peter, you're not Jesus. Get back in the boat. Don't do that. You are insane. And don't miss the moment. Guys, guys, Peter just walked on water. And here's what I The reason this is huge is because if you and I are serious about Jesus Christ... If you and I are serious about our walk with Him, then if it hasn't happened yet, it is going to... Let me tell you, there's going to be a moment that Jesus is going to come striding through the lake of your life. And He's going to say to you, It's me. Let's walk on water. And if you're not careful in that moment, you will hear the voices of the boat potatoes. You'll, you'll, You'll hear all those people who say to you, You can't do that. Why Why would you do... And the answer at the end of the day is, you're right. 
You're right. If, if you're going to ask, am I equipped? Am I able? Can I possibly pull that off? Then here's the answer. No. No. And neither could Peter. But here's what we get. Both potatoes always measure God's ability by the size of their wallet and the strength of their hand. And it's why boat potatoes never walk on water. See, I guarantee you there's going to come the moment that Jesus is going to come to you and say, Hey, 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 that marriage you think can't make it, that financial situation that you think is beyond my control, that sickness that your family member is struggling with, come walk on water. And you just need to know if you're here and if you're new and if you haven't been around Cornerstone very long, this is a church which I think one of the distinguishing marks is that we have always said to Jesus Christ, we would rather take seven steps trying to walk with Jesus and fail than stay in the boat and not try. See, I, I, I would tell you stories today of Charles, who sat in a service just like this, high up in the whole security thing for celebrities. If I told you the names of the people that he has worked security, been a bodyguard for, you'd be impressed. You'd say, wow, that, that's a list. And yet, in a service like this, a while back said, you know what? I think Jesus is asking me to walk him water. I think he's saying to me, Charles, you don't need that job anymore because it's taking you away from your family. It's taking you away from church. And he said, well, I, I, I think I'm supposed to quit. And I don't know what the next job is. I tell you about Marty and Mary who in their early 50s said, real estate's just not doing it. And I really think God wants us doing something else. So they downsized their jobs to work the least amount of hours they possibly could, sold their house, bought the smallest house they could live in so that they could volunteer their time doing missions here. I would tell you about Tim and Lisa who walked into this place on a Sunday, ready to go to the lawyers on Monday. And basically walked in saying, what could it hurt? And believed as they sat here that God said to them, let's walk on water. Let's take that marriage that you're totally done with, that marriage that has absolutely no hope, and let's see what we can do. And I would tell you about a marriage that's absolutely turned around. See, here, here's the deal. If you come to this place and you long for the security of the boat, and if risk just blows you up, you're going to get uncomfortable here sooner or later. Because this room, this place, is filled with people who have heard Jesus say, come, it's me, and have jumped over the side of the boat and begun to walk. Even, 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 you ready for this? Even if it's just seven steps.
Here's, here's what you and I have got to get our hearts around today. That our God delights in inviting us to outside the boat. See, the reality is our God loves coming to us in moments of our lives and inviting us to do what can't be done any other way. And, and in that moment, you will. You'll look and say, this makes no sense. I've looked at my checkbook and the numbers don't add up. I've pulled my heart and my heart says no. I've talked to my friends and my friends have said, you're crazy. And Jesus says, let's walk on water. Because what you and I are about to do next together, no one's going to be able to explain. No one else is going to be able to take the glory for. And when you and I do this, see those next seven steps, everybody's going to know it's me. God's best work happens when you and I are willing to risk everything because he asked us to get out of the boat. Think, Think about... Think about every story in Scripture that you like. I don't care. Whichever one. David and Goliath. Daniel in the lion's den. Gideon sending home the army and facing the Midianites with 300. I don't care what story you like. Guess what I know is in the story. Some believer, some Christian, who in the moment that God said, let's go do together what nobody believes can be done. Come. Let's walk on water. And that believer in that moment did what everybody, I guarantee you, in that moment would have said is crazy. Here's here's the million dollar question. Here's the thing that you and I have got to ask when that moment comes. Was it God? See, because here's the thing. I'm not talking today about risk just for risk's sake. That's stupid, okay? Somewhere you fall off the cliff when you do that. I'm talking about risk because Jesus asked. Did, Did you catch in the passage that we've read this incredible moment in which, remember what Peter says? He says, Jesus, if that's you... Tell me to come. And Jesus says, come. And, and that really has to be our question, too, because, you know, it, it can't be me. It can't be popular opinion. It, it's got to be a moment in which I go, no, 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 no. Jesus just asked. Here's why that's huge. Because some of us sitting in this room today have already had Jesus ask. Some of us sitting in this room today have got habits in our life that we have spent years enslaved to. We've got sins that we've made all sorts of excuses for, and we've said, well, that's just me, and you don't understand how I was raised. And if we were honest this morning, Jesus has already said, that habit, that sin, you know you know the one that... All the people who don't know me, when they see that in your life, go, oh, you're just like me. You know, that one. 
let's walk on water. And the answer is, if it's about your ability and if it's about your resources, you've already tried a dozen times and and you can't do it. But what has to make the difference in this moment is that it was Jesus who asked. Some of us are sitting in this room today and you walked in here and you're just going, I'm done. I, I am so cooked on my marriage. I mean, I can't even tell you. I mean, this thing that I feel for my spouse, it is definitely not love. <laughs> Has absolutely nothing to do with Valentine's Day, let me tell you. We're, we're given melted chocolates this year. And Jesus says, hey, that's okay. That's a great place to be. Because you're right, your marriage is too much of a mess for you to put back together again. And if it's up to you, it's not going to happen. But come walk on water with me and see what I do to marriages. Some of us, some of us have got jobs. And we know, we know, we know, we know. We know that job keeps us from being with our family the way we're supposed to be with our family. We know that job keeps us from being involved at church and doing the things that Jesus wants us to do. We know, we know. And our answer is, but I don't have another one. And Jesus is saying today, get out of the boat. Am I big enough to provide what you can't do for yourself? Get out of the boat. Some of you are going, Lynn, tell the rest of the story. You know, you're you're skipping over a couple verses here. Let's talk about the part where Peter sinks, okay? You know, I mean, you're being all brave about get out of the boat, but let's talk about gurgle, gurgle. (laughs) No, you're right. They're right. There's 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 another part of the story. I mean, if you go back, here's what it says. Jesus said, come, he said. And then Peter got down out of the boat and he walked on water and he came toward Jesus. But... But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? You get what happened in that moment, right? You get that Jesus is saying, hey, 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 hey. it didn't have to be seven steps. We could have water danced. Right? I mean, this, this, this thing could have been amazing. This was, this was all about what you didn't get. And, and, and you realize what Peter does. It's almost that thing that happens in cartoons, you know, where they run off a cliff and they're doing really, really good. And so all of a sudden they look down and they go, I can't be doing this. Why? You know, and, and that was Peter. But you realize that really is the answer to what's happening. That's what Jesus is trying to teach Peter in that moment. Because here's the deal. When Jesus says to Peter, Peter, oh, you of little faith, you and I get really messed up on this. And there's a lot of theology out there. There's a lot of churches that get really messed up on this. And what they tell us is, look, if you want Jesus to bless, then you just have to have enough faith. You've got to your faith up, you know, and then, and then when you believe Jesus a hundred percent and don't ever doubt, then all of a sudden things work. 
And I'm just going to tell you, if that's true, I'm in trouble. Because I'm just going to tell you, even as a pastor, there's all sorts of moments in my life where fear comes creeping in, right? And all, that, that's why my prayer life stays active. And that is not what Scripture... Scripture's not saying, Peter, you sank because for a moment you doubted. That's not what it's saying. It's saying, Peter, you sank because you had little faith. You ready for this? Peter, you had your faith in a little thing. Because guess what Peter began to trust in when he saw the waves and he saw the wind? Peter... And Jesus says, you put your faith in yourself and you're right. The answer was you couldn't do it. Peter, you had little faith. Let me see if this can help. Because some of you are going, all right. It's the size, right? The size of my faith isn't about quantity. It's about quality. All right. All right. Here we go. I walk up to a lake, and, 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 I, and, and, and I say to myself, I'm going to walk across this lake because it's frozen over. It's frozen over. I believe with all my heart that lake will support me. The ice is thick enough. And I, without one wavering thought, without one doubt in my mind, sprint out on the lake. Now, here's the reality. The lake is only a quarter inch thick. Now, despite my faith, no matter how much I believe, what's going to happen when I get on that quarter-inch thick ice? This is easy. I'm sinking. Why? Because what I put my faith in wasn't sufficient. Does that make sense? I just had, are you ready for this? Little faith, because I trusted quarter-inch thick ice. Change the story. Same lake, two months later. And now the ice is two feet thick. And I get to the edge of that lake and I go, I remember what happened last time. So now I begin to approach that lake with fear in my heart, trembling, and I'm going, <laughs> as I put my foot down. But here's the end. The, the ice is how thick? Two feet. What are the chances that I'm going to fall through two-foot-thick ice? Zero. Even though I'm fearful? Even though I have moments of doubt? Yeah, because guess what? Because the ice is sufficient. Bring it back to the story. Here's what Jesus is teaching Peter. And then he says, Peter, you know why you sank? Because for a brief moment, you stopped trusting me, the two-foot-thick ice, and you trusted you and you weren't sufficient. You had little faith, Peter, because you had faith in Peter. And all you had to do was have faith in me because I'm big. Guys, this is a huge moment. Because here's why. I guarantee you, when Jesus comes and says, come on, come on, we're going to deal with that habit. Guess what your heart's going to say? I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. When God says, hey, we're going to rescue that marriage. Guess what your heart's going to say? Guess what your friends are going to say? It won't happen. 
When you look at that job and say, you know what, I think maybe it's time to switch jobs because this job's taking me away from the things that are important and which God has called me to. You're going to go, this doesn't make sense. And I'm going to promise you that in that moment, your heart's going to tremble. Just like Peter's heart trembled when he went over the side of that boat. But here's the answer. Who cares? Because the question is, who are you trusting to help you walk on water? And if it's Jesus... You're okay. If it's you, you're in trouble. I don't know what happened to Peter when he got back to the boat. All I can tell you is it must have been ugly. I I don't know what the disciples said to him. I don't know if they're going, dude, that was so comical, man. You look so dumb. Gurgle, gurgle, gurgle. You know, I, I don't know what they said to him. And, and I don't know if Peter got kind of bent out of shape because Jesus reproved him. You know, Jesus is going, hey, you didn't have enough faith. And he's going, well, dude, at least I was the only one getting out. You know, I don't, I don't know. But somewhere, Peter's heart gets sideways. Somewhere, Peter says, dude, I, I'm so done risking for God. I mean, no one else risked and they didn't get in trouble. So from now on, it's safety. You say, well, how do you know? Because look at what happens next in the life of Peter. Grab your Bibles real quick. It's Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. Jesus is on trial. Here it is, verse 69. Now Peter was sitting in the courtyard. Now get get this. Jesus is in trial in the other room. Jesus is sitting outside. I mean, Peter is sitting outside in the courtyard. Because here's what Peter's saying. I ain't going to risk. I, I, I'm going to be close enough to Jesus to see what's happening. But far enough away from Jesus, it doesn't cost me anything personally. Ever thought that to yourself? See, I'd like to be just enough a Christian to get the benefits of being a Christian. But far enough away that it doesn't hurt to be a Christian. And so Peter just says, no, 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 no. I, I, I got no more risk. Keep me a safe distance from Jesus. Courtyard, please. Now Peter was sitting in the courtyard and a servant girl, a little girl, came to him. You also were with Jesus of Galilee, she said, but he denied it before them all. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. Get, the, get, come on, get, 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 get. Peter, the guy who just walked on water, right? Now, you ready? A little girl says to him, Peter, aren't you one of his disciples? You go, no, 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 no. I have no idea what you're talking about. Go away. I am never going to risk like that again. Then he went out to the gateway where another girl saw him and said to the people, this fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth and he denied it again with an oath. I I swear to you, I swear to you, I, I don't know the guy. After a little while, those standing there went up to Peter and said, surely you are one of them for your accent gives you away. Dude, you got that whole Galilean slur thing going on. You know, it's pretty obvious you're one of, you know, he's going, no, I ain't one of them. You know, he's, 
Yeah. And then it says, and he began to swear and he called down curses on himself and he swore to them, I don't know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed and Peter remembered the word of Jesus had spoken before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and he wept. Here's what you got to get. Sit down with Peter and ask Peter this question. Peter, biggest regret of your life? Seven steps with Jesus? Or being terrified of a little girl and denying your Savior? And you and I know the answer, don't we? And Peter would say to you, I would rather take seven steps with Jesus and fail than do that again. Than to stay in the boat. Than to sit in the courtyard at the distance from my Savior and deny. I would rather risk everything for Jesus and fail than ever sit in the courtyard again. Guys, this is huge because if you haven't felt the moment where Jesus has said, get out of the boat, the moment's coming. And what you have got to know, what you've got to believe and understand is what Peter had to learn the hard way. I would rather take seven steps with my Jesus and fail than to sit in comfort at a distance. How many of you guys have seen Braveheart? Come on. Come on. If you're a man. (laughs) Braveheart's all about Jesus. The whole movie is Jesus. No, I'm teasing. Great movie, though. Great movie. I know it's got blood and gore, and you're all upset that your pastor saw it, but I've seen it like 30 times. So (laughs) there is this great moment in Braveheart where the armies of Scotland have finally gotten together. And armies of Scotland, you got to smile when you say it because it's really just this ragmuffin group of farmers, and they're all standing there with, with... you know, plows in their hands and stuff. And, and now here comes the army of England, which is just massive. And, and it's all battle horses and knights and catapult stuff and archers. And I mean, and it's huge. And as the, the armies of Scotland stand there and see this immense army coming up over the hill, uh, they begin to say to themselves, isn't there a Bible study we're supposed to be at? You know, and they're like, we, we, you know, I think my wife needs me at home. You know, they're doing the whole thing. And, and, and the, you know, they're saying, look, if we leave now, we might live. You know, and in that moment, William Wallace, who's uh, played by Mel Gibson, begins to ride up and down in front of the men. And he says this to them. He says, no, no, no. If you leave now, you'll live. And if you stay you may die. But if you leave this field of battle, one day as an old man laying on your deathbed, you will willingly trade every day from now until them to come back here and do this right. See, that's what Peter learned. That in those moments in which Jesus comes to us and says, come walk on water with me. 
that if in that moment fear reigns and skepticism paralyzes me and I look and say, I can't do it and forget that God can and stay within the comfort of the boat and refuse to risk, better seven steps and failing with my Jesus than the comfort of safety. Peter gets this right. Peter figures this moment out. And let's just go real quick, because you need to see maybe the best moment in the life of Peter. It's Acts chapter 2. Just a little further over. Acts chapter 2. Let me set this moment up for you. Jesus has been crucified 50 days before. It is now the Jewish Feast of Pentecost. So literally thousands of Jews are coming to Jerusalem. They're gathering at the temple. Many of the Jews in that crowd are the very same ones who just killed Jesus. And as Peter sits there and sees this moment when thousands of people are gathered together who don't understand who Jesus was, what just happened, somewhere God speaks to his heart, and you ready? And says, stand up. Say something. And Peter stands up in that hostile crowd and begins to deliver a sermon entitled, You dummies, you just killed God. (laughs) And and don't you know that the other ten disciples are sitting there going, And Peter refusing to stay in the boat to keep his walk with Jesus at a distance and safe and comfortable. Delivers the entire sermon, which basically boils down to this, guys, we killed Messiah 50 days ago, and we're in trouble. And the crowd says back to him, then what do we do? Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Peter replied, repent. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, which means it was like an hour and a half sermon. With many other words, uh, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized. You ready for this? And about... 3,000 were added to their number that day. Now, let me ask you a question. In the ministry of Jesus Christ, on what day were there 3,000 converts? What day? Sermon on the Mount? What day? And as best we know, as best we, there was never a day like this in the entire ministry of Jesus Christ. What just happened? Peter just walked. On water. Peter heard the voice of God say, Stand up. And he risked everything. Because where's what Peter learned? Better seven steps and fail than comfort. I believe that one of the reasons this place has been special 
is because the feet of cornerstone are wet. That over and over and over and over again, when God has spoke to you, you've gotten out of the boat and you've said, I'd rather do, I'd rather get my feet wet serving Jesus and fail than to stay where it's comfortable and never know the glory of God in my life. I think, and I, this, this may seem weird, I think we did a little bit of that together last Sunday. I think we sat in a crucial moment in our lives as a church and as a people. And I don't know if you guys have looked at what you gave in offering. That was incredible. Did, did you know we fully qualified everything for the loan last Sunday? We took care of every bit of that together. Yeah. We had down payment money that we were asking you for. We raised over half of that last Sunday together. I mean, not down payment, but money for the move in. We raised over half the one-time gifts last night. Guys, I just, I just think it was a get-your-feet-wet moment in the life and in the heart of our church. And I'm just going to say to you that if you're going to hang around with us for any time at all, get your feet wet. Get prepared because there's going to come a moment in your walk with Jesus that He's going to come striding alongside and say, get out of the boat and come walk with me. Let's bow our heads. Dear God, there are some of us that are sitting in this room today and our marriages are in trouble and they are struggling and we're still in the boat. And you've said to us, come see what I can do in a marriage that everybody else has given up on. Come walk with me. There are some in this room who would just look at their finances and say, I, I, I don't even know which way is up. And you would say to them, come walk with me. There are some of us who have lived for years with the same sin in our life. We have been so stuck, so disobedient. And you would say, step over the rail. We're going to do some water walking. We're going to do what you can't do. God, may the children of God, may the people of Cornerstone be people with wet feet. This we say in the name of Jesus. Amen.